Lord Jesus, I pray that you be glorified. I thank you that your word is honored. I pray, Lord, this morning, every one of us, without exception, will be touched by you, will be surrounded by you, will be filled by you. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are in this place. I thank you that you are here with us this morning. I thank you that you lead and guide us and you be glorified. I thank you, Lord, that our hearts are good soil, that your word will produce a wonderful harvest for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, every one of us is a triune being. We are three parts. Um, like the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we made up of body, soul, and spirit. And a wise man that I look up to, and he's really spoken into my life once, said, he said that our, our bodies are like, I mean, our lives are like batteries made up of different cells. And the body cell, the soul cell, and the spirit cell, and like a battery, which I don't know much about cars, but I know if one cell of the battery dies, then the whole battery dies, right? And, and I'm trusting that over the next few weeks, from the week after next week, we're going to start talking about how to have healthy souls. Um, after COVID and the shutdowns and the looting and inflation and life happening, which I'm sure everybody here has noticed, the cells of our souls has taken a knock, a hard knock. And a lot of people are feeling it and they are wearing it and they are struggling. So we're going to speak into life, into our soul space. Um, because if that part of our area struggles, then our whole body, our whole life struggles. And many people are struggling. And I'm not just talking about seasons I'm going through. I'm talking about seasons we're going through and communities going through and the world is going through. We need to, it sounds cheesy, we need to service our souls. We need to make sure that our souls are taken care of. I've shared this in other meetings. If somebody came into church this morning and they, um, <coughs> they dragged themselves here, Missing a limb, broken and bruised, bleeding out with bones sticking out of the skin and a punctured lung, we wouldn't say, oh, welcome to City Hill Church. Uh, oh, please go make yourself comfortable. Uh, drag yourself to a seat and enjoy the service. Would you like some tea or coffee? You know? Uh, yes, please. Uh, two sugars. We would gather around them and we would stop the bleeding. We would call an ambulance. We would call a doctor. We would pray. We would do something. Yet how many people come to church absolutely emotionally broken, lost in the crowd, no one knows. They walk in with their brokenness, bruised, battered, beaten by life, and then walk out with the same brokenness. So we're going to trust God to work in that space to bring about the healing that God wants to bring about. Um, people are lonely in the crowd. There are probably people sitting in the room who feel absolutely invisible to God. And they feel lonely. They are bleeding out. They are bruised and broke, emotionally hurting. And then someone says, how are you doing? And they'll say, too blessed to be stressed. You know, God is good all the time. And God is good all the time. Yet we want to pay attention to those things. And we want to deal with those things. So the week after next week, I'm going to start talking about soul stuff. And we're going to trust God that things that need to be dealt with will be dealt with by God himself. Therefore dealt with properly. That we will be healed, that we will be whole, that we will be healthy in every way. But we need to prepare our hearts. We need to be open for what God can do. <clears throat> so before I get into any of that, I want to lay a foundation for today. If we get today right, then our hearts will be fertile soil for what God wants to do for the next seven weeks or however long we look at our souls. So consider today a foundation to everything else taking place. And that is a right relationship to God through His Holy Spirit. 
And I, I, I know, because I've been in church long enough, when, certain, when people talk about something I feel I have a clue on, then it's so easy just to switch off because you have an understanding. But this morning, I encourage you, if you are mature in the faith, allow God to do something new and fresh and different. If you are new to the faith, then allow God to speak to you. Um, this is not something, you know, like relationship and fellowship with the Holy Spirit is not something set apart for the mature believers. But sometimes the mature believers get so set in patterns of Christianity that they're real, they don't even realize they've drifted from the Spirit. And then they wonder why, you know, like, I feel distant from God. So I'm speaking to those that might consider this, themselves mature, and you've heard this word before. Hear it like you're hearing it for the first time. I encourage you. So, today we're going to talk about the person of the Holy Spirit. We all understand this. Life gets difficult. And I'm not being a prophet of doom. There are seasons that we just don't want to go through. Brent, where's Brent? Brent, there. Shared this morning. Some storms you can't go around. At the moment, I believe that all of us, as a church, as a community, as a nation, as a world, are going through a storm. And the church is going to be set apart from the rest of the world to be the hope to the nations. But we cannot sit together as a hopeless people trying to reflect the hope that we carry if we carry no hope. So God's going to do something. Are you with me? Matthew 7 verse 13 and 14 says this. Uh, Sorry, I'm trying to... (coughs) That didn't work at all. Verse 13. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is it on the end? Yeah, the highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. Not who are pushed that way, who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. The power to move from coping to conquering, which I've mentioned a few times over the last few months, is found in our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, what we're going to do is we're going to say amen to all of this. Yes, 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 I understand we need to be spiritual. Then I recognize this in my head. But the reality of God is far separated from where we're at. So we want to take a sober assessment of ourselves and say, am I genuinely filled with the Holy Spirit and powered not just to cope but to conquer? Um, Otherwise, we just fall into very unhealthy patterns. Without the Holy Spirit, and I've shared this, hear it. Without the Holy Spirit, we are like windmills without any wind. Bulbs without any electricity, knowledge without wisdom. This is one of the reasons that we as a church and as a people should be praying, Lord, we want more of you, not just more from you. This is a time where we go, inflation is hurting us. Lord, we want more uh, from you. I think if we say we want more of God, the more from God will take care of itself. But we're becoming so distracted by what we lack what we're struggling with, that we stop missing God in the process. We need to say more, Lord, we want more of you. Tyron preached at the city celebration a few weeks ago. We are moving from a season of letting go to a season of let's go. But we won't go if we are struggling just to get through the week. You know, we need to actually, instead of saying, Lord, I've got a kingdom to conquer and I want to go and expand the kingdom and I want to live for Jesus. We're just trying to go from week to week and cope. So I'm praying this morning something will happen with us that will set a fire in us that will move us from coping to conquering because the Holy Spirit wants to advance His kingdom and He wants to use you. God is building His church. This church is in the hands of God. But not so we can have a whole bunch of spectators or cheerleaders. We want to have, like like Tyrone said, we want to have people on fire for God. 
So we trust in God that this morning that fire will come. We need more than just knowledge of God, but an infilling of His Spirit to heal us, to strengthen us, and then to equip us to send us out. To live as Christians without the infilling of the Holy Spirit is like us climbing up the side of the windmill and then hanging off one of the blades as hard as we can and trying to rotate it. And it's just, as soon as you let it go, it stops moving. And then we get cranky and exhausted and dry and fall short, and we never meet our full potential. So the Holy Spirit is imperative, essential, vital, paramount, compulsory for the Christian living. It's where our healing begins. All of us need healing in some area to some degree. We don't need very clever therapists. We need the Spirit of God. So the Holy Spirit is very important. Like I said earlier, we can't see emotional pain like we can see physical pain. So imagine the human heart like the most fragile glass there is. If you blow on it, it will crack. And then what happens is people come in with their broken hearts and other people try and fix them and their hearts just get more and more shattered. But God by his spirit wants to move and put his hands around your heart with the mighty power of God at the same time, the gentleness of God and bring life back to a broken emotional space, right? He empowers us to conquer. I'm trusting God to do a heart work with all of us. So Oh, wow, guys, I need, where, where's, where's Dusty? Where, where's, um, <laughs> first of all, if you're taking notes, you're sitting in the church, you've heard this preached before, you know this stuff. <clears throat> Who is the Holy Spirit? He is God. The Holy Spirit is not an it or a force or a mist or a concept. He is God. So God. And like I said, the question is not do I know this, it's am I living in the reality of the presence and infilling of the Spirit of God? John 14 verse 15 to 17 says, Jesus promises the Holy Spirit, if you love me, you will keep my commands. Right? Tyron always used to say, the love language of God is obedience. If you want to express your love for God, obedience. That's the love language of God. Verse 16, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. And the word helper here is of the root word of the same kind. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. So we are submitted to a force that's invisible to the rest of the world and we need to stand out because there's a clear empowering on our lives and in our lives and through our lives that separates us from the rest of society. So we are filled with the Holy Spirit because it sees him nor knows him. You know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. Some of us, we, are, we know this in theory. If I had to ask you, do you need to be spirit-filled? Yes, absolutely. Um, and then we, we, we look at our lives and we, want, we wonder if we are functioning in the Holy Spirit. Now think about this. A sober question to all of us. If the Holy Spirit left your life right now, other than your theory of who he is, would you notice the difference? Right? And that's not me trying to be horrible. If the answer is maybe, if the Holy Spirit left me now, I might not even recognize that He's left me, then maybe we should all be praying, Lord, if there's more of you to receive, then I say yes and amen to that. I want the more if there's more of God. And I'm trusting this morning not to tell you something you've never heard, but to stir something to say, Lord, more of you, less of me. We don't need people to recognize and been discussed our birthday celebration is it, 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 we we should be celebrating the kingdom advancing 
not, not the name of City Hill. And when we are spirit-filled, we move beyond celebrating what God, what, 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 what He's doing here, and we want to take what He's doing here into the rest of the world. But we need to be spirit-filled. If the Holy Spirit left you today, would you notice the difference? What are you doing now that requires the Holy Spirit's strength in order to get through? Right, and I'm not trying to be mean to anyone. Acts 5 verse 3 and 4 says this. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit and you kept some money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not sell as you wished. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. You, you lied to the Holy Spirit and you're saying you didn't lie to the Holy Spirit. I mean, you, you lied to the Holy Spirit, but you lied to God. Essentially what the scripture is saying, you must understand that the Holy Spirit is God. And we need to be in fellowship and relationship with God. The Holy Spirit is not just a charismatic term of manifestation or a New Testament description of power. He is God himself. He is from creation through tribulation into eternity. And God is here today. Genesis 1 verse 2. The earth was without form and void. The darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The Holy Spirit is not something that God the Father added later on because he was leaving and he needed us to, to get goosebumps at church. There's, there's an urgency in this season, in this hour, to embrace the full power of God, not just to get through inflation, but to still advance the kingdom. Share your faith with somebody so that somebody can hear truth and they can be set free and your boldness to share the faith will be your spirit-filled life. Um, scripture teaches us that he is not a, um, he is a person. The Holy Spirit's a person with a will, intellect, and emotions. Um, he is God with all the attributes of, of God. He is the third person of the Trinity, co-equal with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And we have lots of things to help us understand the Trinity. Sun, heat, light, body, spirit, soul, water, vapor, ice, eggshell, yolk, uh, and shell. I mean, egg white, yolk, and shell. Yet it's almost impossible to completely understand and describe the Trinity in a way that we can truly grasp. And there's that, some of you guys in your home group are watching that creationist thing. And he says, it's, almost, it's a wonderful thing that we cannot fit God into our three-pound brains. So if right now you're trying to understand this, the Holy Spirit and, and the Father and the Son and how do they all work together, it's kind of a good thing we can't understand because we cannot reduce God to something that we can just rationalize. God is God, Right? So we, we're not talking about uh, a hard maths problem or a tricky riddle. We're talking about God Almighty, the creator of the universe, the creator of your life, who purposed you before you were born and has a destiny for you. Right now, there's purpose to your life. It's not finished. Um, so God doesn't fit into our brains, and we can be grateful for that. That's why we describe God as indescribable. May the indescribable power of God flood into your life today like never before. Listen to this quote by Dr. Wilbur Smith. The man who denies the Trinity will lose his soul. The man who tries to understand the Trinity will lose his mind. So yes, we can't completely understand it. And as Christians, we seem to have a pretty clear understanding of who Jesus is. And I'm sure you've all thought this at some stage in your life. How cool would it be if Jesus in the flesh, you know walked into your life and was with you. You know, how, how nice was it for the disciples to see Jesus in the flesh and to walk with him? Um, and I can just imagine if Jesus was with me in the flesh right here, right now, it would be so wonderful. Somebody phones me, oh, Tim, I've got a problem. It's okay. 
I'm here with Jesus, you know, and I'll, I'll, we'll be right there. And, um, and when I'm hurting, Lord, I need to speak to you. And he says, oh, what, what is it? Let's talk. And he sits down, he looks at me, and we talk. That would be absolutely awesome. But if Jesus was your friend, and I was also a believer, and I, I'd feel relatively upset if Jesus stayed at your house and not mine. <laughs> you know? And helped you with your problems and not mine. So I, I phoned Jesus. Okay. I wouldn't phone Jesus. You have phoned, just for the illustration point of view, phone Jesus. Jesus, do you want to come stay at my house tonight? And he's like, ah, oh, no, I can't. I'm staying at Brent's house. Hmm, that's like, you know, it's cool for Brent, but not so cool for me. If Jesus was here in person in 2023, and he went to a particular church on a Sunday, who would want to go anywhere else? Right? We all know that Jesus would live in Warner Beach. We, we all know that. We all know that he would come to City Hall. But what about the people that live in those other places like France and England? and where? So God had a better plan. Pardon? They've got Charles. I don't know if that's... Uh... <clears throat> Edit this out, Dale. Nevertheless, I'll tell you the truth. 1 John 16 verse 7. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Some of you need to know this, that God, the fullness of God, is right here, right now. He's here. Now let's open our hearts, our minds, our lives wide open and say, Lord, I want to walk with you like the disciples walked with Jesus. God is here. Not an element or an aspect of God. Not a sort of weird way of power. God himself is right here, right now. The fullness of God is available to all of us right now. And the word helper that Jesus is describing here is a capital H. The Holy Spirit. To have the Holy Spirit with us is like having Jesus with us all the time. Everywhere we go. And what I've learned over my life in Christianity is this. We pray and we ask God to surround us and to fill us and to touch us and to empower us. And at the same time, I I have been in situations where I've said, Lord, I wish you were here in the flesh because I really need a hug or I really need to be able to talk to you clearly. And I want to tell you that God uses the people around you as an expression of his body to each other. So sometimes God gives you a hug through the person sitting next to you. But God is present by his Holy Spirit and he uses us as hands and feet to reach each other. But God is here. The full power, wisdom, authority, fellowship of God, permanently present. He is not just with us, but he is in us. We are merged and submerged into the presence of God. Right now, you sitting here are a temple of the Holy Spirit. So, each one of us us in this room is like a candle. You are all candles. And what do candles need to be effective? Fire. Fire. Acts 2, verse 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came in from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. All the windmills started to turn and they moved quickly. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Not just one of them, but all the candles lit up. I'm trusting God this morning that all the candles will be lit up. 
all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And those that are praying in tongues have been praying for you and praying over our church and praying for your personal lives. There's a Matt Redmond song that says, Lord, let your glory fall as on that ancient day, songs of enduring love, and then your glory came. May the fire of God light us up again. This young generation, Generation Z, just a few of them in the room now, are not going to come to church because we've got cool programs. They're going to come to God because there's a very real presence of God on display. And we are going to be the display of the very real presence of God. So recap, the Holy Spirit is God, not an it, but a person. He gives and sustains life. He empowers our Christian living. He makes transformation possible. He heals and restores broken lives, spirit, body, and soul. He is omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent, life-giving, full of truth, full of wisdom, eternal, and completely holy. Hence the name, the Holy Spirit. Holy God is in this room. Number two, and I really, I'm trusting that this, I know, I know, because I know some of your story, some of you need to hear this today. The Holy Spirit is our comforter, our helper, our encourager, and advocate. If there's anybody in this room that can do with a little comfort this morning, God himself wants to be that comfort to you by his Spirit. John 14 verse 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. The Greek word for comforter or helper is the word parakletos. It means to come and walk alongside, to assist us. And and, and so, so right now God walks alongside us. But I want you to pay attention to this. What's important to note is this. It doesn't say that the Holy Spirit works instead of us. And the Holy Spirit doesn't work in spite of us. He works in and through us. Not instead of, not in spite of, but through us. An assistant's job is to help that person do a better job. So they go alongside to give them. And the Holy Spirit, some of you, I believe, are sitting in the room today and you're waiting for God to move. And God's saying, in faith, take the first step. And when you take a step, then God's going to walk alongside and he's going to reveal his power. But you're waiting for something to happen. Stop waiting and start trusting. Step out. In faith and do something that God is calling you to do. Some of you need to start ministry. Some of you need to speak to somebody. Some of you need to trust that the thing that you think will never change will change because God himself is involved. Um, This means that because we have the Holy Spirit, we are not freed from responsibility, but we are empowered to handle it. Um, We're not free from sin. We've given the power to overcome it. Um, I believe that people right now, and I've seen this, are running on empty. You're asking God to do something. You're wondering what he's doing, where he is, when he's going to move. And this morning, I think, I believe God wants to fill your tank again. I believe that some of you are waiting for God to do something. And God's waiting for you to take a step. Get out of the boat. Imagine we had to have faith and otherwise we would sink. And we go, okay, Lord, I've got no choice. I'm going to step out the boat. I'm going to walk on water. I'm going to trust you for something powerful. So the Holy Spirit comes alongside us and then empowers us to live the life that we called to live. I believe, and this is me maybe speaking into, I felt this when I was prepping. I believe that we are moving from a season of people living to die 
as many are doing, to a season of people dying to live. And the only way that's going to happen is if we have a revelation of the Holy Spirit. Some of you are living to die. You look forward to death day. And God's saying, I want you to start living life. Don't, don't live to die. You must be dying to live. Like the Israelites, they were wandering through the desert until God, um, they take God for granted. And they're going through the motions and they're wandering through the desert and they're taking God for granted and it's wonderful. And then the presence of God lifts off them and all of a sudden they're longing for his return. I know that God is always present, but I believe that there needs to be a posture of the heart, a conditioning of ourselves, an attitude of embracing and trusting and wanting, and the cry of our heart's going to go out, and God's going to move. But there needs to be a hunger for his presence. Otherwise, we're just going through the motions trying to cope. Lord, let your glory fall, I pray. Please, Jesus, fill us with your spirit. Some of you need to stop living from what you remember, the way it used to be. Tyron shared that at the team time, he said, people used to fall backwards. Remember, some of you know that season, people falling backwards. Not to say that can't happen, but he says he believes we're moving to a season of people falling forwards, falling onto their knees, a longing and desire for this re- the regeneration of the holiness of God to be restored in our lives and in his people. Um, I heard that Gen Z, these young guys, um, are the most cause-driven, and if you've got a teenager in your house, you know it. They are the most cause-driven people on the planet, but they're also apparently the most spiritually open And it's not going to be our church strategies and our entertaining programs and competing with culture that will reach them, but this longing for purity and holiness and life. And when they come to a place like the church, they should find it. A demonstration of fruit and fire, not religious rules void of love. These young people don't care about the rules. (laughs) They want to see a demonstration of the reality of God. Um... At pre-meeting, we prayed for the schools, the school, other schools, the teachers, the principals. And, and I want to just remind us that as, as the church, we, not, we shouldn't really be recognized for what we stand against, but who we stand for. Therefore, we should be people that are filled with love. Because if we allow frustrations to what's going on and the, um, all the identity issues and the crisis, and if we allow that to consume us, then we're going to be these angry voices of you know, change as opposed to voices of love. And I'm not saying we need to embrace sin. I'm saying that we need to display the transforming power of God in our own lives so that it can be outworked in their lives. Too many Christians who are saved are not empowered. You are crushed by struggles and fear and life, yet the Holy Spirit wants to come alongside us and pick us up and walk with us and fill us with his power so that we can live effective lives. Um, Point number three, and I, I, I realize that I'm not even... The Holy Spirit is truth. There is an onslaught against truth in the world today. Truth has become a relative concept. And and uh, Stu, uh, could could you could you throw me that mark? <laughs> no, don't do that. Um, could you, Stu? Could you could you come and share that word you shared at the prayer meeting? Um, come stand up here so that we can see you. Ooh. 
This morning, uh, or during the week, I saw a scroll. You know, like the, uh, the old days, the scrolls. And there was a being on the one end with the one, one holding one side, and a being on the other holding the other side. And people, and people were moving out. And the scroll depicts the word. People were moving away from the word. And the being stopped and asked a simple question. What's wrong? He said, I don't understand. He said, do you know the Holy Spirit? He said, I am not sure. It is simple as that. Thank you. So Stu didn't know what I was speaking on this morning. And there's been a massive onslaught in our culture against truth. John 16, verse 13, thank you, Stu, says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. 1 John 5, verse 6, This is he who comes by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The Father is truth. The Spirit is truth. And we live in a culture that are progressively detouring from truth, where we are forced to believe whatever, whoever shouts the loudest and gets the angriest ends up dictating what we're supposed to listen to, the cancel culture of compromise. And as Christians, we don't have a version of the truth. We have a personal relationship with truth himself. Right? And his truth is revealed through his word and brought to life by his Holy Spirit. Our Bibles are just paper and ink. You could use your Bible to balance your washing machine. You can use your Bible as a doorstop. <laughs> Don't do that. Um, but you could do that. It's just text. But when we are filled with the Spirit, all of a sudden that text comes to life. And then it's truth that we base our lives around. And when we are not spirit-filled, the Word of God loses its effectiveness and its influence over us, and then we become shaped by the rest of culture. If we are spirit-filled, we will not be shaped by culture, we'll be shaped by God Himself. Right? And we have the Word of God, and we need a young generation who are seeking God through His Word because truth is revealed. Um, the Word of God will be a spring in the desert to a thirsty generation. Without the Holy Spirit in our lives, then the word becomes just as dry as the desert around it. But when we are spirit-filled, all of a sudden something happens, and the word isn't just word, it's revelation. It's my plumb line, it's my true north, it's everything I need to live a godly life. When we are spirit-filled, the word comes to life. We cannot be a people that are living in our own strength, void of the power of the Holy Spirit, and neglecting the Word. And that's not me rejecting, rebuking, being upset. This is me saying, let the fire of God rest on us so that we value the Word like a treasure, and we say, this is my truth. With the Holy Spirit, oh, we live in a culture that is shifting and sliding into decay and immorality, and the truth is becoming a matter of opinion. Yet the Word will remain the revelation of truth forever. From information to revelation to transformation. But it has to go beyond our heads and transform our lives. To be emotionally stable, and I believe that's what God wants to speak into our emotional stability, is to filter out lies from the truth and allow the truth to shape our identities. Not the truth, not your truth, not my truth, not culture's truth, not a 
weird combination of all those truths, but that truth brought to life and confirmed through our conscience and the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Because when we are not spirit-filled, then we have our conscience to lean on. And then our conscience gets shaped by culture and eventually our conscience gets seared. And then we wonder why we're drifting. Lord, let your glory fall. Lord, let your fire burn and consume us. Whatever is of God will remain for eternity. Whatever is not may it be burned away. But Lord, not one day when I get to heaven now. You are alive for one purpose. To reflect the image of God. You are created in His image. And God has a purpose for your life. The Spirit of truth brings freedom and healing. Right, recap. The Holy Spirit is like a spring in the desert. And you can tell there's a spring in the desert because just in that little space of where there's a spring, there's life around it. There's plants, there's life. And we want to trust that the churches will be springs to our community. And people that are out there getting broken by the world will find their way to a spring and they will drink of Jesus and their lives will be transformed. But we cannot just be another dry spot just like the rest of society. The the Spirit of God will bring life. Going forward, I'm trusting that God is going to touch our souls. Emotional healing will take place. That the, the cell of our body, you can think to yourself, spiritually I'm on fire, I'm going to church, I'm reading my Bible, I'm praying, and physically I'm going to gym and I'm playing squash and I'm surfing and I'm doing my thing, but my soul is broken. And then we wonder why the whole battery is just not starting. So I'm really trusting God. Please, church, I encourage you to pray with me that over the next couple months, God will do a deep work in our souls, that we will get to root issues of things, that things that we've been struggling with will be uprooted, and the Spirit of God will flow through our lives without restraint, without restriction. There will be a move of God. Also, pray for the young people. Please pray for the young people, because the church... We don't want to get to a generation where it's, it's the church versus Netflix versus TikTok versus, and it's just pick your entertainment on a Sunday. When the power of God and the presence of God is in a place, there's nothing that competes with that. So we don't want to have a version of Christianity. We want to see God move. I'm praying for these young people, and I want to see the fire of God move through them. If this morning you thinking, I could do with more of God in my life. Then I want us to trust God for that infilling this morning. Not to be weird. Being filled with the Spirit doesn't mean that you have to get weird. It doesn't mean that you have to get strange. It just means that you're empowered and you're open to the work of God. So, Brent, won't you, won't you stand with me? Can I I pray and then we'll worship and then we'll... There were three groups of people in Scripture. I'll have to go over that. Three soils. There's the, the... You can be the hard soil. You can be the shallow soil. Or you can be the fertile soil. A hard heart. The word just gets picked off straight away. A good word, but it didn't entertain me. Shallow soil, ah, I'm emotional and it'll produce a little thing for a little while but then it dies away and the worries of life get it. But a a rich soil will produce a harvest 
So I want to pray over our lives that we will be good soil listeners this morning. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your fire to rest and reign over every single life here, Lord. Every one of us to be spirit-filled, Lord Jesus. What is not of you will be burned away. What is of you, Lord Jesus, will be radiant. I pray, Lord Jesus, that we won't become weird and super spiritual and strange and hard to connect with because we live in a cloud. But I thank you that we'll be very real, very relatable, but at the same time reflect the very real power and presence of God. Holy Spirit, I pray that the reality of your presence will comfort everyone that needs comforting. You will disturb the comfortable and comfort the disturbed. I pray, Holy Spirit, that our conscience will be in line with our conviction, which will be in line with your word. I thank you, Lord, that those that are struggling now, you will surround them with people to put their arms around them, to let them know how loved they are, because you are loving them through those people. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that you manifest yourself in this place. Thank you, Lord Jesus. When we say, come, Holy Spirit, we know that you are here. But I pray, Lord, for a move of God. I pray that young people will be bringing their friends because they say, come and see what God is doing. That those of us that are mature in our faith, Lord Jesus, won't think about what we know versus what we don't. But the reality of your presence will transform us again. Fill your people, I pray. In Jesus' name.